when, as a couple, you face a hard time, let's say a financial storm or something related to that, some real stressful difficulty, there can be some lingering bitterness and anger that comes kind of out of the blue sometimes. Afterwards, how do you work through that? I'm John Fuller, along with Erin Smalley, and usually her husband Greg is here. He's not uh, able to join us today. Um, Greg and Erin lead the Focus on the Family Marriage team, and Erin... Uh, we have said this time and again, but you counsel a lot of couples mm-hmm. and you bring wisdom that you've gained over the years and some personal experiences too, because you and Greg admittedly don't have a perfect marriage. <laughs> um, what are some of the most common emotions after a stressful time, after a battle or after uh, some external circumstances has kind of taken the energy and all the closeness out of the relationship? You know, we might see some things at at the top, above the waterline. So what presents might be different than really what's going on underneath. Okay, so the top of the iceberg might sound like anger. anger. Yes, a lot of anger, maybe anxiety, maybe um, somebody might even be withdrawing. Hmm. Um, But under the waterline, when you start looking at it, you know, I felt betrayed, or I felt unimportant, Hmm. or I felt uncertain, or I felt fearful. Yeah. So it's really digging deeper and going, okay, what's really driving what's presenting? Mm -hmm. What's under the waterline? Yeah, and I've said in regards to parenting, and this applies to marriage too, the behavior is often a signal of something inside. Mm -hmm. So um, let's go inside, as uh, Jim Daly and I spoke with Gary Thomas, about dealing with anger, particularly if you're facing a financial struggle. Let me, you mentioned money there, and I want to come back to that because here at Focus, that's one of the reasons many, many couples will contact us because money Mm -hmm. creates such friction in the marriage. Um, And you use the illustration of the doctor who decided to work three days a week, drive an older car, those kinds of things. Those are all good decisions. But speak to, uh, you know, how finances can create such a, I guess, storm a hurricane in the marriage, and what can couples do practically to get their hands around those issues, that issue of finance? I featured two different couples, one that were buried in debt to where they owed more than they earned in a year, and that was a wake-up call, and another couple that was very poor when they got married, then very wealthy, and then they lost it all, and they've been dealing with that for a decade and a half. So they don't have that happy ending. Well, you start tithing and miraculous things happen. That happened to one couple, not to the other one. The two key lessons I got from this on finances were this. Communication is so important. In both cases, one spouse didn't communicate to the other just how bad it was. Right. With, with one couple, the wife was an accountant, and her husband thought, well, she's an accountant, she knows what's going. But she just she just didn't share that they were going a little bit more into debt, a little bit more. And so they said, okay, let's figure this out. And when they found out they were more in debt than they earned in a year, he was just angry that she let him get into this situation. Both of the couples mentioned that communication is so key. Even if you're in a family where one person primarily handles the finances, in my marriage, that's my wife. Uh, we still have to have these quarterly meetings where I know uh, this is where our investments are, this is where we're given, this is where we're settled. We don't have debts other than a house right now, so that's not an ongoing issue. But uh, I, I do think if you don't want finances to pull you apart, there's got to be great communication. The second issue was the anger that resulted from that uh-huh. and learning how to deal with it. And I found one verse that I think a lot of couples – take too literally 
in a way that hurts their marriage. And that's that verse, do not let the sun go down while you're angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And so they think they have to keep working this out <laughs> before they go to sleep. And that's what happened with Randy and Hannah. They're going around and around and around. Well, we don't let the sun go down on your anger. And it only got worse. It took Randy three days to come to grips with his anger and frustration before they could deal with it productively. Mm. And I think when you look at that scripture, there, there are three statements, not one. There's, in your anger, do not sin. That's one. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's two. And do not give the devil a foothold. We pull that second phrase, don't let the sun go down while you're angry, out of context and make that the whole message. But Paul's directly quoting wisdom literature, which most people know they're not laws. It's just general wisdom. And in the Old Testament times, that was don't delay paying somebody because at that point, if you did, they might go home hungry. If you've taken somebody's coat, return it by midnight so that they're not cold through the night. It was just a way, this is in Ephesians, and it was largely a Jewish, had a large Jewish community. Paul's just using language from scripture they would understand. But what he's really saying is, in your anger, do not sin and don't give the devil a foothold. The, the don't go to sleep, I think, is a legalistic application. If you're going around and around and around and it's 2 a.m., my, my suggestion is get a good night's sleep, wake up, have a bagel, a cup of coffee, <laughs> process it, maybe talk to God, and then come together. I don't think you're disobeying that verse. I think you're saying, okay, I don't want to sin in my anger, and I don't want to give the devil a foothold, and use that other one as a general principle. That's what the couples found was most helpful for them. And, th and this is the great thing about marriage challenges, is they teach us how to handle things like anger, like fear, like a lack of forgiveness, like arrogance. You know, I really loved how uh, Gary put that well-known verse uh, that we hear so often, don't let the sun go down on your anger, into a, a proper context. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I think, Aaron, you and Greg have kind of struggled through that yourself. And I certainly have with Dina to understand I, I have a lingering anger, but now is not the time to try to unpack it. We, we, I mean, early on in our relationship, Dina felt like we have to get this done now because of that verse. Yes. And it was liberating to yes. say, you know what? I love you. Now is not the time. Let's just go. To, it's going to be cold in bed, but let's just go to bed and wake up with hearts open and ready to talk about this. Yes. I was a lot like Dina okay. with everything. We had to talk about everything. So did if, you chase him around the house? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And so it's just going, okay, so if we can go to bed, get refreshed, because that verse is not saying, you know, you got to work it out before you go to sleep. It's saying, get your heart back open. Work on you? Yes, yeah. before you um, go to sleep. So the enemy doesn't come in and kill, still destroy, and whatever he does in our sleep, mm -hmm. attack. But so when we do that, then it's going, I've got to have confidence that I know what to do, that I know how to take care of myself, how to take care of my heart and really identify what is going on. So often somebody will say, gosh, I'm so angry. And I'll say, well, why? You know, what's what's driving that? And so often we don't take time to step back and really look internally and reflect what is really going on here. 
anger can be a primary emotion, but oftentimes it's secondary. Mm -hmm. There's something under the waterline. It's important that we really take time to step back and reflect now, what's not, really going on here. I, I appreciate that. I'm not so good at saying, hey, I'll get back to you. And that, that was actually early on, uh, we had this problem of uh, me growing up in a family where it's once and done. You know what? That happened yesterday. It's a new day. I just move on. Mm-hmm. So we were not dealing appropriately with emotions in those early days mm-hmm. as we were married because she felt like we have to get this all resolved. And I was thinking, there's no way. I don't mm-hmm. even know what I feel for another day or two. Yeah. And so it's it's taken time. And, and I would encourage couples to, to not give up. Yeah, because what ends up happening is our heart won't let something go. Our brain won't let it go until they both know that our heart and our brain knows that our spouse understands and really gets Mm. the impact of their behavior. And so physiologically, even, it's going to keep coming up. And so often what happens is, you know, one spouse is like, we have talked this over again and again and again. Why are you bringing it up? And what I'll often say to those couples is, okay, it's coming up for a reason. Be curious. Why is this coming up now instead of judging that it's coming up now? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's your homework. (laughs) Your homework is to not uh, let the sun go down on your anger because you have dealt with the issue, not necessarily you and your spouse have dealt with the issue, but you've dealt with your stuff with regards to whatever the the conflict might have been. So keep that in mind because it may not be tonight, but it'll be sometime soon if you're married. These things happen. And if you're in a spot where you're dealing with the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, the the lack of feeling safe in the relationship, please know we have a team of caring Christian counselors here. And uh, I've spoken with them. Aaron, you've been one of those counselors that deals with, with marriages. And so we want to invite you to take advantage of and to benefit from the resources that God has allowed us as a ministry to assemble. One of those resources is our Christian counseling team. And uh, you can connect with them and schedule a time for somebody to give you a call back. Uh, Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. We also have details in the show notes. Now, uh, Gary Thomas referred to some couples that he's worked with, and uh, their illustrations are in his book, Making Your Marriage a Fortress. And boy, these days, you want a strong, solid, uh, impenetrable fortress of a marriage because there are so many challenges coming from outside. If you want a stronger marriage, Gary's book is a great starting point. Uh, We're making the book available to you for a gift of any amount today. So call us or go online. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Donate as you can, either a monthly pledge or one-time gift. We'll send the book to you. We'll hear more from Gary Thomas next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.